Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WGR Sports Radio 550. The first overall selection in the 2021 NHL Draft and the winner of the 2021 Draft Lottery is the Nightcap. With Zach Jones on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome in, everybody. Zach Jones with you for the nightcap here as we get ready. Just about an hour away from the NHL Draft Lottery. Tonight I am joined by the wonderful, the gracious, definitely taking time out of his day, Brayton Wilson, to come hang out with me, talk. We're going to be doing a bit of an extended nightcap tonight to cover the entire NHL Draft lottery starts at 8, should be done by 8.30, so that's exciting. It's always one of the more underlying fun nights of the year, the NHL draft lottery. We get to whine and complain about how draft lotteries are the most stupid thing in the whole world and that there shouldn't exist, and it should just be, hey, he finishes the worst team, you get the first pick, just like the NFL. You know, my thing here with draft lotteries, just to start out right here, I adore them. I absolutely love them. It makes tanking kind of more fun. Because even if you don't finish as the worst team, if you tanked hard enough, you've got a shot. It like it makes everything just feel like it's still a competition all the way to the end, and then it's completely out of your hands. Like right, like right at the finish line, it's completely out of your hands. And with the 2023 NHL draft, it is not just a random. Oh, he's really good, and he's the number one overall pick. But you know there is potential that he, you know, he may miss. It is a guy in Connor Bedard, who many compare to the likes of Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid and those players and it is by he's by every metric a franchise altering player and there's a number of teams at the top who really have never had that kind of player there's always the concerns that there's going to be these top players like a Bedard or like even a McDavid that oh this guy is getting all this tout Mm -hmm. and talent but the second he steps into the NHL it might be an Alexander Dagg or a Patrick Stefan sort of situation where they never transition correctly or they can't they can't deal with the NHL physicality and the speed and everything like that well if you've ever watched any of these top prospects you know See, it, it translates pretty well it, with well, today's style. It translates game. very well. Yeah, I mean, very well. I mean, the, for the people, because trust me, I, I heard it plenty when we were talking about the 2015 NHL oh, draft yeah, with baby. the uh, Connor McDavid mm-hmm. and Jack Eichels, where, oh, well, what happens if Connor McDavid comes into the NHL and just doesn't trans? Do you watch? The NHL today, and do you watch Connor McDavid yeah. play? And look how it's transitioned eight years later. Connor McDavid is the, the best, best player in the NHL 
by far, there's no comparison. He's running away with it. Like, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl right now in the playoffs, I think I believe is two points ahead of him in terms of total playoff points scored this season. But like McDavid is on another level. It their 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 power play is shooting at fifty six percent right now that, that they score. I mean, it's just it, it is it is unreal what Edmonton has been able to build with really just bringing in McDavid. They get Leon Dreisaitl the year prior, third overall. Then they get McDavid the next year at number one. But just unbelievable talent there. The Sabres, though, while technically can win the lottery, they cannot get the number one overall pick. They are at 13. The highest they can go is number three overall. Right now, the team sitting in that spot as we kind of wait it out is the Chicago Blackhawks at one. It is Anaheim, two, Columbus, four, San Jose, and five, Montreal, with teams like Arizona, Philadelphia, and Washington kind of dropping that rest of that top eight. I... This draft class has been compared to 2015, which which is the draft class with McDavid and Eichel. And I think that's where it's still very exciting as a Sabres fan because there's a real chance here with how good your prospect pool already is that you can add another potential blue chip kind of player just slots right into an already loaded prospect pool. And we're, we're kind of getting there already with the Sabres where we already know you're not going to be able to keep all of these forwards that they have drafted over the years. And now... If you add in another guy, let's say they do win the lottery just right off the top and they go third overall, there is another player who many are considering a near-generational player in Matvey Michkov, and he is a right winger, left winger, regardless he's a winger. Winger, yeah, winger. And he is a guy that is breaking all kinds of records in Russia, a lot of records that Alexander Ovechkin himself set when he was younger coming up in Russia. I mean, it's just... This class is absolutely loaded, and there is a potential where like a guy like him could fall because of his, his KHL contract, I believe, goes to 2025-2026. And there's also, you know, there's always the wild card of Russian players of will they actually want to come over to the States, will they want to come to the NHL. But Buffalo might be that perfect team for him where you draft him, you stash him away for two or three years, let him develop, let him grow into his body, you know, 20, 21 years old when he comes over. And he is like just right from the get-go, can kind of come in, kind of like a Kapil Kaprizov does for Minnesota when he finally came over from the KHL. First season, kind of getting used to it, but was still an amazing player right right from the get-go for Minnesota. And then by year two, is a 100-point scorer. Right. With with Matt Vay-Mitchkoff, my hot take, and I think I told you my hot take with him earlier this year was, you know, things were going to play out with the, the war in Russia mm-hmm. and his contract in the KHL with him being over there through 2026. Teams might see that and be like, I don't, I don't know how we should do that, how we should go about that, and, and whether or not they draft him at the top. And just the fact of the matter that he's also kind of a smaller built winger. He's 5'10". Yes, he he's listed at 148 on EliteProspects.com. I think he's a little bigger than that. But the thing about Mitchkov is the talent is undeniable with him. The way he skates, the way mm-hmm. he sees the ice, he, he takes command of the game when the puck is on his stick. I mean, just let alone with the the performances that he's put up in the past. He put up a, an under-18 World Championship in 2021, 16 points in seven games, 12 of those were goals. He led the tournament in goals. Uh, not only that, but he, I mean, for his junior team that year, he put up 35 goals, 52 points in 50 games. Uh, as a 16-year-old with the under-16 team, at least with his junior team, he had 109 points. 70 of those were goals in just 26. Six games. I mean, the the talent that he has, the ability for him to be able to take command when the puck is on his stick, his ability to score, his ability to be a playmaker is certainly undeniable. Yes, it's unfortunate that the situation is playing out where yes. he's over in the KHL. 
there's the there's the the controversy, the very big widespread controversy with Russia and their war right now with Ukraine. And also just the fact that he's going to be likely spending time over in Russia throughout the rest of his contract, which makes it another concern of, well, if you draft him this high, do you really think he might hold out and stay in yeah. Russia the entire time? Or do you actually believe he's going to come over to the NHL and contribute right away when his contract expires come the 2026-27 season? There's there's questions there that are certainly needing to be answered. But from my perspective, you cannot pass up on a talented player like Mitchkov just because of those factors. You, if, if you draft him and you take him... You're, you know that if you can get him over here, he might be a dynamic, game-changing player for you, and he might not even have to be on your top line. It's, it's like, yeah. Let's yeah, just, for instance, can, yeah. say the Sabres win the third pick in the draft lottery. They move up the 10 spots. They sit there at three. Bedard goes one. Fantilli goes two, as expected. Mm-hmm. Then you're sitting there at number three, and you've got Matt Mitchkov on the board. Like I'm legitimately, if I'm the Sabres, with the, the, given the build that they have right now, He's a guy that you bring him in, and in the, the two, three years, or however long he's going to stay over in Russia and continue to develop and then make the jump to the NHL, there's a potential he joins the NHL roster right away and becomes a dynamic playmaker. Probably a Calder Trophy finalist, mm-hmm. depending on who else is coming out in that class, could be the Calder Trophy winner, just with his ability alone. He is so dynamic, and if if the Sabres were able to add him, whether that's the third pick or if my hot take is correct from earlier this year, he manages to somehow fall down to 13 to the Sabres, fine. You were so into that, too, when you were talking. I to, was. To me and Josh about it, too, where you're just like, it can, it can happen, and, and, and it can. It can. There's a lot of teams at the top of the draft who Mitch Koff has that undeniable ability, but they kind of need like that player now. I think the only team that's down at the bottom that really can kind of stand back, we're going to just keep accumulating young pieces and start rebuilding is, is I think Chicago and like San Jose. And we'll see where that kind of winds up with them. But like Anaheim, I think he's going to really want like just that guy now, either be Bedard or Fantilli, which it, it is likely they have the number one odds that they won't drop down that far. I think they're probably going to be within one or two, but I mean, his his ability is is so dynamic, and and I, I've read a few things about like if Mitchkov falls, who's who's the team that could like you know benefit from not even just having him, but who he could benefit from going to. And Buffalo has been a, t- a team I keep seeing, and it is partially because the Sabers are really loaded at forward. They can kind of wait you out. They've already got guys like Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner on that top line with Tage Thompson. They don't need you right away. He can and 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 you can understandably be a little worried about him being 5'10", 148. And like you were saying, he's probably a bit bigger. But when you do look at a guy like Connor Bedard, who's, you know, I got him listed here on Tankathon at 5'10", 185. Yeah. There is that fear of like, all right, is he that much smaller than <laughs> it him? Is, it is quite amazing at the the listing, especially for Connor Bedard, because, yes, he is a little bit of a smaller guy, but he, he is so strong on the puck. And, yes, it's junior hockey, but the way that he was able to fight off defenders that were significantly bigger than yep. him and be able to just blow by guys with his speed and his skating ability it is it just gives you flashbacks to Connor McDavid during his days with the Eriotters back in 2013 2014 2015 he is so dynamic and when you look at Matt Vay Mitchkov yes the listing is is potentially concerning but I think overall, if he even if he just adds a little bit more body weight, I mean, if he if he can get to like a, a, a Kirill Kaprizov, I actually want to bring up Kirill Kaprizov mm-hmm. and his his listing real quick to see if there's what kind of 
Uh, I can't spell real quick. That's okay. Sorry, Spelling the, is difficult. Sometimes I have the problems that Howard did where it's like I can't multitask by typing and talking and doing <laughs> all the stuff. Kirill Kaprizov is 5'10", 202. If Matt Faye Mitchkoff can be able to get to that sort of body build like a Kirill Kaprizov at 202, with the type of skill that he has, he will exceed Kirill Kaprizov's capabilities. When I was talking back when I was talking to people for the 2021 draft, Sabres were drafting one overall, talking to Owen Power. There was a point where we started to get wind that the two, the 2023 draft, not even 2022, the 2022 draft was good enough, but the 2023 draft, mm-hmm. I was asking draft analysts, draft experts about that draft, and a number of them continuously said, Connor Bedard is the Sidney Crosby in this draft, and Matt Mitchkoff is the Alexander Ovechkin in the same draft class. If you have Crosby and Ovechkin going at the top of the class, that's incredible. And the only reason Matt Mitchkoff at this point is not going to go number two to whoever wins that pick mm-hmm. for the draft lottery is solely because he's Russian. There's that Russian factor and the whole whole situation going on with Russia-Ukraine. Yeah, you ultimately have just no idea. And honestly, you really have no idea None. when, when that's going to kind of... Be settled if Mitchkoff will ever even want to come over to the States. By the way, Prokoprisov, 2015 draft as well mm-hmm. in the fifth round to in the, the fifth Minnesota round. Wild. Yeah. And like, that's the thing, too. And, and Kaprizov, I believe, was picked in the fifth round sort of because he had that KHL contract. You really didn't know when he would come over. I think he came over at the age of 22, too. So, I mean, like Minnesota did not see him for quite a while after drafting him. Yeah. But y- you waited out, and now he's kind of the only reason why Minnesota is as good as they are. He really was willing them to wins this past year. Uh, he dealt with a few more injuries than last year. Last year he played 81 games, 101 points. This year, or uh, 108 points, excuse me. This year, 67 games played, still 40 goals and 75 points. 25 now. I mean, just if you can get a player like that on the Sabers, and I, I, I've talked about how this, how I feel about the Sabers going forward, and it just, it does feel like they are building it truly the correct way. That they, they've got all these young prospects. That they're building that where these guys are coming up together there's that chemistry really forming and and you look back at a lot of like the the great Sabres teams that we do talk about quite often the 99 cup final was essentially Dominic Hasek willing a rather mediocre team to a Stanley Cup final it was the hardest working team in hockey mm-hmm. yes but they were not they were not that talented it no. was it was Hasek doing the greatest goalie of all time things right and then you look at that that 0506 that window from 04 to like 07 that window it's just too short that ultimately, in their primes, it's kind of cut down huh. because, well, ownership and 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 not being able to pay the guys like that, you know, Chris Drury and Danny Briere. Where now you look at the Sabers in their current form, some of the key pieces are already locked into seven-year contracts, and other guys like Devin Levi are coming up, and he's got the potential, based off of everything we saw in college, and then the six, seven games we saw this year of being the next great Sabres goalie. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Dominic Hasek or Ryan Miller, but at least be the next great Sabres goalie because this, this team does seem to always have very good goaltenders when they're good. He has all that potential. This team does seem like two, three years away from really being that team that is on top of the world in the East. And if you add a guy like a Mitchkoff or let's say they still win the lottery or they're able to move up to like five or six, you add in a guy like a Leo Carlson, they just – it. it this almost seems close to unfair. If, if you're the rest of the league, you'll be looking around going, 
oh, cool. So when they figure it out, they figure it all out. Awesome. Great. By the way, you mentioned the leading, uh, the, the scoring for the uh, NHL 1999 Stanley Cup playoffs. You want to take a gander oh, at yeah, baby. who was the top scorer for the Sabres? It's oh. a tie. Oh, no. I, I'm, I am this is just pretty the, this sure is in the Stanley Cup finals. You're never going to get this. You I'm, might actually let me rephrase. You might, but it would take kind of an out of the box. Oh, you were guess. To, you were so much closer with me not being able to get yeah. it. I got to look at the roster just to have some of the names. <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Where do I want to go with this? Where mm. do I want to go? I could give you hints if you would like. Yeah, give me some hints. Yep. First hint: not a forward. Well, there goes Satan. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. Miro Shatan that year finished with. Uh, I got to scroll down a bit. Where is Miro Shatan here on this list? He didn't score very much at all. Eight points in twelve games. Okay, all right. I think he might have been hurt though too, for part of it. Jay McKee. No. Man, this is not another going good well. guess. This is not going well. I'm like trying to like not see my forwards. next my next guess for you will instantly give it away. Ooh. Instantly, right. give me it because it may not. He scored in overtime. Again, in the Stanley Cup final. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. This oh, is no. bad. This is oh, bad. This is really bad. You should be ashamed. Because I don't know it. I don't. Oh, my goodness. Oh. All right. Who is it? Who is it? It's Jason Woolley. How many points did he have? 15 points in 20. Or, let's see. 15 points in 21 games. Oh, Lordy. He and Alexei Zitnik were tied for the team lead wow. in points that year. 15 points in 21 games. Not great. I mean, it's just, a it's, team, it's just not good. A team that made the Stanley Cup final in 1999 against the Dallas Stars group that that comprised of Mike Madano, Joe Newendike, Jamie Langbruner, Brett Hall, Ed Belfour, Yuri Lettinen. Those are just some of the names. Sergei Zuboff was their best I was defenseman. Say, so what you're telling me is this is a pretty good team. That was a pretty good team <laughs> going up against team. a Sabres team that was... I think a lot of people could say mediocre. They got to the playoffs. They found their way through the into the Stanley Cup final, and they put up a, a fight. But I mean, I mean, they, just, I mean they, they had a hot goalie. The and, Sabers and, and that and that hot goalie, even on a bad night, the Sabers had a better chance to win the Stanley Cup in 2006 and didn't even make it to the Stanley Cup final. Yep, that's what irritates me the most about that year is because that team from top to bottom was built exactly at the time of that way they style a play that they had. That team was built from top to bottom to win the Stanley Cup. And all that took them down was injuries on the blue line. That was it. Staff infections, baby. And Lives in infamy. And I'm telling you what, if Tim Connolly never got the concussion in Game 2 against Ottawa... Not only is he a changed man the rest of his career, but that team, the Sabres, might be totally built differently. We took if Tim a Connelly number of calls on this on this station last week, late in, late in the week, due, due to the anniversary of Game One against Ottawa. Uh-huh. That, that what was it? Yep. Seven to six. Seven to game, six. Overtime craziness. winner, Chris Drury. Yep. And Tim Connolly scored of, twice. I heard from a lot of people who said very much the same thing that if Connolly doesn't get hurt. It's like I don't even care about the defenseman. If Connolly doesn't get hurt, they're winning. And then Bulldog brought up the fact that he was hearing from people during that time as well that people were saying Connolly might have been the best player in hockey at that point. And it's it, it is and that's but that was my thing with with that team. Look how short lived that is. It is a two year run. In reality, I give them like oh four to like oh seven oh eight or whatever, just because there were still pieces there. Obviously, Vanek and Roy and and Connolly are still on that team, and, and and you know Miller's there as well. But it's it's so short lived. It is such a flash in the pan shooting star, and that's where the Sabers group feels different. They're already signing in 
extensions to a lot of the core pieces, and they're long extensions. And it's not like a lot of these players are sitting here going, "Ooh, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't assign them to that." Like Cousins gets a seven year extension, is a thirty goal scorer on a line with two rookies. What's what's he going to do next year with with him being just twenty one himself? You have Tate Thompson, who is now a ninety point scorer, maybe the best offensive player the Sabers have had. Since Danny Briere, I mean, it's it's arguable with him and Eichel. Eichel got hurt a lot here and was not able to play full seasons. But I mean, there's a reason why Tage is the first 90 point scorer since Briere, and it's 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 so interesting where the Sabers are at now. And that's where, like, even with the Sabers not necessarily being at the top of the draft lottery, we are not in that competition at all. Thankfully, yes, Bernard is amazing, but thankfully that at least for now period feels over with. But for me a big thing of, of what I'm paying attention to with this draft lottery is who gets Bedard. Because there are a number of teams in the Eastern Conference who, if he goes there, I love the Sabres' potential. I love their potential of potentially dominating the East for the next five to ten years. But if a Bedard goes to a place like Montreal, that is terrifying. That is Montreal might be, I think for me at least, the team I very much am looking at going, that is maybe a worst case scenario. I think reality that might be a worst case is scenario. Is that is that the team where you just see the name or you see the first overall pick goes to the Montreal Canadiens and you're just like you cringe inside? Is that like the one where it's like the big bugaboos start to come out? I think so because there's other teams I don't mm. want him to go to. Chicago, Arizona. I I've mentioned those earlier today when I was on the X Point show um in relief for Sal and Joe who were covering the morning run today and Arizona, I just, I, I, it's tough for me to take Arizona seriously with them playing in a college <laughs> arena, and it feels like they're being coddled by, by the NHL itself with Gary Bettman. So I, it's tough for me to take them seriously. Chicago, everything behind the scenes there, yeah, that karmically deserves to go poorly for them. But Montreal has been a team I've been thinking about a lot today, where I'm just like, ooh, I don't like how that could go. That that could very quickly become a big problem for a lot of us, just because. They already have a lot of good young talent. They mm-hmm. already have a, a ton of good young talent. And they kind of were passed in terms of the the Eastern Conference, the young teams that were, were getting good. They were kind of passed by Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. Ottawa and Detroit, I think very specifically last offseason with Ottawa making a ton of big moves. Detroit having Steve Eiserman, so most of us just believe that they're going to be great oh. very, very soon. And then Buffalo, by the end of this year, very clearly was yeah. a top-tier young team. Tate Thompson went from... Ooh, he might be a one-year wonder too. Okay, we're gonna start seeing Mario Lemieux comparisons now. Right. Well, let's let's take out of the equation the teams that cannot win the number one pick in this year's draft. So Ottawa down. So Ottawa because if it's a top ten, if it's a top, top ten five. pick, they go to two. Yep. They keep the pick, and then next year's pick goes to Arizona. But if they don't win it, yep, they remain at twelve, and their pick goes to Arizona as part of the conditions of the Jacob Chicken trade. Buffalo can't win. Pittsburgh can't win, Nashville can't win, and Calgary can't win. So mm-hmm. that leaves uh, the following teams that can win the number one pick. Vancouver, St. Louis, Detroit, Washington, Philadelphia, Montreal, San Jose, Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim. Anaheim has the best odds at 25.5, or uh, let's see, number one overall, 25.5%. And Columbus is next at 13.5%. Chicago at 11.5%. And for me... I look at this list of teams that are available to win the number one overall pick, and I see three that I'm okay with. I don't like any of them, but you're, you're three that you're okay. Three with. that I'm okay, okay with, and the other ones I'm very much just kind of like, 
uh, like blah, like wanting to kind of puke in my mouth a little mm-hmm. bit. The three teams that I'm fine with him going to, Columbus. I think that probably is my number one team. We, we've talked if he a goes lot to about Columbus, that, yep. that'd be great. He's in an, he's in a local market. He's in a uh, he's in the United States. You can market him pretty well. You can market the rest of the the Blue Jackets and what they're doing, which they're kind of an okay team right now. But if you add Bedard to the mix, they'll probably be better. San Jose is my next team. Again, mm-hmm. another U.S. market. I, I, let's let's just start here. The thing of it is, don't let Bedard go to another Canadian market. Don't yep. let him go to another Canadian market. We saw what happened with Connor McDavid going to Edmonton and how, at the time, NBC was promoting it all, and it was just like, they don't want to put him on national TV. Why? Because it's Canada. Yep. Okay. It's great. It's Western Conference, too. It's the only thing that's bad about the San Jose situation is that that's the West Conference. It's going to be 10 o'clock starts every night for them yep. when they're at home. It's not great. It's not good. But it's an NH- it's a U.S. market, so it's like, okay, fine, whatever. And honestly, my third pick, I don't even know. <laughs> I have a surprise I said, one that I said I'm kind of liking now. I said three. Anaheim is okay, but it, I mean they got Zegras already. They got McTavish. They got a bunch There's of other so guys that are fun. really young, good, fun. Adding Bedard, okay, sure, but I mean, give me St. Louis here. Give me St. Louis. Why? Here. That would be a lot of fun. That Ugh. would be a lot of fun. I kind of like the idea of St. Louis jumping all the way up. That would be good. St. I Louis like is that. St. Louis is just boring to me. I don't know. So I, I I hadn't thought about them until I'm I'm looking now at the top ten and I'm like, ooh, the NHL would that love be good. The NHL would love these markets to have Connor Bedard as their number one mm-hmm. pick. Chicago, absolutely, obviously, Montreal, obviously. Yep. Despite them being a Canadian market, Montreal still, Montreal still is one of the biggest hockey markets in the entire world. Why not? Philadelphia, absolutely. Yep, they would love that, and probably Washington and Detroit. Oh, I hate, I hate the idea of Washington. Sneaky Joe yeah. put up a tweet this morning saying that that was his number one team to get him. I didn't listen to Why? the segment. Because he plays I- with. Ovechkin? I think it's a part of it is like Probably. you know for a fact, number one, Washington will be able to stay competitive, but then he's just gonna set up Ovechkin to score all and, the goals. And Ovechkin we know will and will, will break the record yeah. easily. Which I think we're kind of at a point now, I don't I don't want to say it's likely, but I think we're all kind of like under the assumption it it, it, it will happen yeah, eventually. Absolutely, hundred percent. I would think so. Given the contract that he has, given the rate that he's still putting up goals. And kind of the way he plays as well. He's not he's not yeah. destroying his body out there to get <laughs> to get goals. Well, listen, he goes out there and he still runs his body around like he did as an 18-year-old by throwing big body checks and willing to go that style of play. You, you think that maybe in the later years he starts to smarten up and not go that hard yeah. every time and maybe not take those hits or go out and throw those hits. But at the same point, as long as he's not getting injured and he's continuously doing it with success, why not continue to play that way? Yeah, why until, change it? Why until change literally it? your body can't take it anymore and it's just a matter of, okay, I'm trying to play just to score all the goals and that's it. He gives me Yamir Yager vibes where like he's going to be like 45 and he's still in Washington. Like still scoring goals. It may dip now to like 20, 25, <laughs> but he's still going to be doing I'm it. I'm telling you, I, I think Ovechkin will get it in the next Three years. Three years? That I, makes I think, sense. Yeah. I think by, what, that would be 23, 24, 24, 25. Probably by the 25-26 season, he'll get there. Okay. I, I got to bring up his totals real quick just to see where he's at right now. Like be, just just to reminder. make sure. Just, just to make sure. Alex Ovechkin right now is at 822 goals. He needs 894, 895, one of those. So 
I mean, I he like put it. up 42 this year. You put up 40 in the next two. He, he could get it in two years. Yep, he could. He could. At the very least, he's going to get it in 25-26, and it could be as early as the 24-25 season. If he scores two more 40-goal campaigns, that's 80 goals. That would give him 109. It would give him 902 goals in his career, which is well beyond Gretzky. Yep. I like it. I it's like it. Very possible. I think that's in that's, the next two years. I think that's definitely the interesting idea to have Connor Bedard there. For me, at least, if they fall into the same situation for me of like Detroit and even a Pittsburgh. If they were high enough to do this, I, you were you were good for a long time. You've had that generational talent. I'd like someone else to have that guy in their jersey. I, I really, really would. I am. I'm about the kind of the parody of the league and 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 teams being able to able to have these stars that just become icons in their city like columbus to me really is that's the team i want i i will actively be really happy i'd be fine with that too like they're in the east and that kind of sucks but i i would be all about it i think i'd be fine i'd be fine with that i'd be fine with him going to a metro team even if it's the flyers (laughs) i really kind of that would be such a culture oh oh my god that would be fun john tortorella He's yeah. going to pull off a of Michigan, and, and oh Torts is going to absolutely lose Yikes. his mind. It's going to be great. Uh, when you come back, you want to do a draft drill? Let's do All it. All right. We're going to come right back. We are taking your calls at 803-0550 after this quick timeout. This is the NHL Draft Lottery Special of the Nightcap, and you're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.